0: hello my heart-centered souls i'm so excited that you're here today i'm gonna help you create a sacred space or an altar space a this is a sacred space this is going to help you connect on your spiritual journey it's going to help that exploration side and we are going to do it together i love talking about sacred spaces and i love helping others kind of create this little corner of their home or their room or whatever their spaces to help them connect to their spiritual side. So I cannot wait. But first, let's do an intro. Hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Spilling the Tea Leaves. My name is Michelle. I am a crystal Reiki master. I'm also a spiritual teacher and advisor, and this podcast is all about crystals and spiritual awakening. We are demystifying the mysticism. So grab your cup of tea or coffee or water or whatever you have handy, and let's jump right in into today's episode. I am so excited. Holy cannoli, I have been trying to record a podcast of this episode for what seems like forever, and I've had so many topics and things lined up, but always the universe has something else in mind, and for some reason, I could not have access, I couldn't get access into my um, episodes, I couldn't have access, I didn't have access to my podcast, essentially, and I had this overwhelming fear that i had to start over and i was gonna lose all of you and that made me so sad and upset and i just needed to just shut everything down take a little break and then come back to it but i finally got my podcast back yay thank you spotify for helping uh yeah so it's been a crazy few months this summer uh, summers are usually really difficult for me because I have my daughter and she's home from school, which I really try to prioritize spending time with her versus working and um, creating this podcast and just take, a really, uh, just take some time to self-reflect. Um, But yeah, and I have been going to therapy, which is something that I always advocate for. Mental health is important. So if you are in need of a mental health care professional, I highly encourage you to do so. I have been dealing with a lot of stuff from my past. And while it's great to have that spiritual experience and um, exploring things sometimes that can be led through uh, trauma. There's certain techniques and skills that we need an actual professional to help us maneuver through. So I'm really, really excited that uh, during the break, I have been really prioritizing my mental health. And if you are on the same boat as me, I encourage you to do the same thing as well. And even if you feel like you are perfectly healthy and okay and everything's amazing, I always recommend people should have a therapist. It's somebody else to talk to that's outside, right? It's somebody that doesn't have a horse in the race, that the most important thing for them is your health. So super cool for me. I love it. Uh, Okay, so let's jump into today's episode, which is sacred space. Now, sacred space is a term that I'm sure you've heard so many times, especially if you are into the spiritual books if you are on social media looking at the hashtags it, by the way Instagram has been a flipping joke I'm so disappointed in them I have not been posting on Instagram because they have just throttled small business owners until like oblivion so I don't know I I'm gonna be posting more on my website so uh, please, 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 please make sure you're subscribed. Remember, lovehealing.com. I may continue on TikTok. I don't know. That's making short content video is kind of exhausting when you're trying to balance everything else in life. But anyways, I digress. Sacred space. All right, now now picture this. There is this serene corner in your home or your room or wherever you are. You fill it with objects that hold deep meaning to you. It's positive energy. And it is just a little happy corner that you can go to to connect, even if for a brief couple minutes. This is your sacred space. It is a little personal sanctuary with an actual tangible representation of your spiritual journey and intention. Now, whether you are a seasoned practitioner or you're just beginning to explore your spirituality, having a sacred space can provide so much grounding, peace, and connection that everybody, and I'm talking to you, everybody should have one. But how do you create a meaningful and intentional altar or sacred space? All right, so let me break this down step by step so you are no longer confused or intimidated by the idea of having this space. We hear it so many times, sacred space, yet so little of us really take time to think about it or even execute it. Now, a sacred space is a small little corner, of your personal space that is dedicated solely to your spiritual practice or your spiritual journey. Whatever that looks like for you. Remember, I always advocate what it looks like for you. Your spiritual practice, your spiritual journey may not look like mine. And vice versa, and it might not look like your friend's. Or your neighbor or that person that you follow on social media it's gonna look completely different and that's totally fine as a matter of fact that's the whole point right now before I continue I want to emphasize that as you go through setting up your spot your goal is progress it is it's not even progress right like sometimes we go through this idea of your space has to be so perfect like your room has to be decorated just right for you to have somebody over let's say which is i'm i have a really bad habit of doing that like if my house is not spotless clean that you can eat off the floor i don't want anybody in my home now the goal isn't perfection the goal goal is intent and and setting it up i mean we're just going to set it up now your sacred space is going to move and flow and change as your own spiritual exploration flows and change. So like the seasons, nothing is permanent and your space is going to reflect that. It should reflect that. A sacred space, in short, is a dedicated space for your spiritual practice. Um, and this can include things like crystals, crystals, Um I I'm gonna give you very specific on mine as I I look at it. I have it in my office, which is my own space. I love my office. I have all my plants here, I have all my art from the years that I've collected. Um things that I've found are during my travels. Did I say plants? Because I have tons of plants. My husband is on me about the amount of plants I have. (sighs) Yet I want more. (laughs) But as I look at my sacred space, It's on a little wooden table and this particular table has a mirror. This table I found for $20 at a restaurant in Abu Dhabi that was changing their decor. So their decor was dedicated to like all these quirky, mismatched tables, mismatched um, art and chairs and then all of a sudden they want to revamp unfortunately that restaurant closed down a long time ago so maybe it really didn't work out for them but they had the entire upstairs but they were just getting rid of stuff and this table was so cute it was 20 dollars. it has little scalloped handles where i store all my supplies and i'll tell you more about the supplies in a bit solid wood it's gorgeous it almost looks like a makeup table but made of solid wood and really heavy on my table I have my crystals. Now each crystal signifies something, and even the placement on the crystal has special meaning. I have selenite, labradorite, smoky quartz, a candle, amethyst quartz, a clear quartz point. I have currently I have a green candle burning. You'll find out soon enough, because you're probably gonna want to do it too. I have Argonite, I have a piece, a necklace that I have just completed that I like to put on my altar whenever I make a piece, a necklace, jewelry, a healing piece, before I put it on my website. I like to bless it on my altar and keep it there until it finds a home. On my altar, I also have fresh flowers. I have purple flowers i have a bell and this bell for my entire life bells have always i've used bells as a way to cleanse the area almost like a singing bowl now this bell was given to me by a friend a few years ago when i lived in ecuador and i have pictures of my ancestors so i have my great great grandfather my great grandmother and great grandfather And my grandmother also on this table I have a small little Buddha that I picked up um, in Thailand that was gifted to me by a monk and I have three very very expensive uh, dishes or trinkets from France that I purchased at a thrift store for four pounds it's a blue one a yellow one and a pink one and these trinkets, these trinket bowls, um, they are from an area in France called Limoges. I got it for four pounds. Somebody must have not realized what they had. I picked it up because I thought they were so pretty, have little gold bees painted on it. I looked them up online. They're worth about $200. And my husband's like, oh my God, that's so cool. You should totally sell it. And I was like, no, this is going on my altar space. It's going to reflect a uh, special meaning for me, the finer things in life, and dedicate it to my ancestors to know that their prayers have helped me up and that we deserve nice things, right? So that is my space. Oh, and I also have some candles, a little uh, votive purple candle holder. So that's my sacred space, and I, I described it to you fully so you can get an idea of how it's going to look completely different to yours. Now, I do want to talk about the difference between an altar and a sacred space. Many practitioners of different faiths use this term interchangeably. I use this term interchangeably. You may consider this too, or you may not want to use it interchangeably depending on what your belief is and what your spiritual exploration has led you to up to this point. But I'm going to give you the definition of the altar officially. An altar is a raised area in a house of worship where people can honor God with offerings. It is prominent in the Bible as God's table, a sacred place for sacrifices and gifts offered up to God. The word altar comes from the Latin altarium, meaning high, and also the word adolere, adolere? which means to ritually burn or sacrifice, which suggests its early purpose as detailed in the Bible. Nowadays, the altar is a place for non-sacrificial religious rites, such as communion, weddings, and is a metaphor for offerings. So the traditional belief or the biblical definition, the place of sacrifice. Of course, altars or these areas of sacred spaces have originated way before the Bible was written, way before the idea of uh, Jesus or a single God. The altars were usually a place like a tree, a spring, a rock that came to be regarded as holy or as inhabited by spiritual gods. Whose intervention could be solicited by the worshiper. So, a tree or something that folks connected with uh, their own deity. Altars in the Hebrew Bible were typically, and I love this one because it's so, it gives us a little insight that, uh, that for us who grew uh, a Christian or Catholic don't necessarily get to hear almost because it's not really part of the study. Altars originated. excuse me. Altars in the Hebrew Bible were typically made of earth or unwrought stones. Altars were gener, generally erected in a conspicuous conspicuous place. I can never say inconspicious. I can never say that word right. The first altar recorded in the Hebrew Bible was erected by Noah. Altars were also erected by Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and by Moses. The first altar in the Bible was the altar of burnt offering also called brazen altar or the outer altar or the earthen altar or even the great altar actually and the table of the lord this was the outdoor altar so it's an outdoor altar and stood in the court of the priest between the temple and the court of israel and upon which carbonate or animal and bird sacrifices were offered The blood of the sacrifices would be thrown up against the base of the altar, and portions of the sacrifices would be burned on top of it, Um, precisely which portions would depend on the type of sacrifice. Also consumed at the altar would be some of the meat offerings and the drink offerings, like libations of wine, and they were poured out here. All sacrifices had to be seasoned with salt. A priest officiating at a burnt offering would vest in his priestly vestment before approaching the altar. He would remove the ashes and place them beside the altar. Then he would change his clothing and remove the ashes to a clean place outside the camp. In Exodus 27.3, the various utensils used with the altar are enumerated. They were made of brass. The altar cannot be carved using utensils made of iron or bronze, nor were they allowed on or near it, because the iron and bronze were used for implements of war. The altar and the utensils were considered to be sacred, and the priests had to vest and wash their hands before touching them, even so as much as removing the ashes from the altar. According to the Bible, the fire on the altar was lit directly by the hand of God. It was not permitted to go out. No strange fire could be placed upon the altar. The burnt offerings would remain on the altar throughout the night before they could be removed. So I give it to you knowing the definition of what altar is and sacred space and you can choose whether you want to use it interchangeably or where you want to keep one As a very specific religious word or as a phrase that can be interchangeably done with sacred space I interchange them because for me my sacred space or my altar is holy for me it is dedicated to my spiritual practice I don't follow a traditional religion so for me this is my own connection to the divine or to God okay how do you start setting up your space. Mm, so exciting. So if you decided you want to move forward with your sacred space, <sighs> and now we're gonna set it up. First, find a special spot <clears throat> in your home that resonates with you. Like I mentioned, my spot is in my office, it's a place where I I always am, and I feel supported when I have my space behind me some folks keep their space in their closets so that it offers a bit of privacy to them I've seen folks have a space in their pockets, which I think is kind of cool. It's almost, I've seen them in um, like cigar boxes, like a nice pretty wooden box maybe. They keep their tools inside and they bring them out whenever they wanna feel that connection. I know sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, especially for the younger generation, they might not have family members who are as tolerable to a different belief, so they have to keep it Uh, quieter or they have to keep it more discreet so they create these boxes or these this tiny space where they can have something simple for them maybe a crystal maybe a tiny little candle that can easily be uh, explained away you can choose however you want you can choose to have a full table dedicated you can have a tiny little corner for yourself you can even do a windowsill The key is to choose a space that you can feel comfortable and immerse yourself in the energy of the altar. Once you've found your spot, I need you to clear the space energetically. What does that mean? So we are going to clean that space physically and energetically, and you can do it a few ways. You can smudge with sage if this falls within your spiritual practice. So if you have, if you follow if your belief system allows you to use sage i understand it's a close practice so be use your own discretion you don't have to use sage you don't have to use white sage looking at you that bought white sage from that person around the corner you could use other types of sage Uh, You can use sage, you can use other herbs like rosemary that's easily accessible. You can use lemongrass, cedar, and you can even use lavender. Please be careful when you're with fire. Use common sense, right? You can also use palo santo or holy wood. I'm going to have some up for sale on my website. I have very, 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 very limited palo santo that I picked up when I was living in Ecuador. It's been curing for a really, really long time. You cannot get this wood anywhere. It's been curing for at least nine years already, almost 10. Wow, time flies. Um, you can also energetically cleanse by using a singing bowl. You can use a salt. You can sprinkle salt over it or wipe down with uh, salt water or ocean water. Use whatever method feels right or resonates with you and your beliefs. Now, I want to point out a few things before I move on. There are many people who don't use like chemical cleaners, um, like Fabuloso or Pledge or pine salt, to clean the meat area when they and they opt for more green alternatives, such as like a water and vinegar in a spray bottle and a bit of essential oil. Again, do what works for you. I. Use both. Sometimes I wipe it down with Fabuloso. I like the way it smells, um, or the method I wipe it down because it needs a good cleaning. There's so much ash from when I'm burning candles or incense, and then sometimes I just use a little bit of vinegar, water, and essential oil, and I anoint it with a little bit of oil. No wrong way of doing it. There is no sacred space police that's gonna come for you. I promise your ancestors will be just fine with whatever you use. Do what works for you. No issues. Now, why cleanse? This is going to help you kind of reset the energy and create a a clean slate for your sacred space. Like we cleanse crystals, we are going to cleanse your uh, sacred space. If you're not sure what to place on your sacred space, This is where we're going to help you today. This is probably my favorite part, right? So, ask yourself what you want to cultivate or what you want to manifest in your life. So, this is like a little trick, right? So, if you are somebody who's just coming in, you don't want to, you're not sure about your ancestors yet, you're not sure what spiritual path you really want to follow, maybe you want to celebrate austera but you're not mm, super into it maybe you are looking into a close practice that you've your family has practiced for many years whatever you're not sure but you do want to have a sacred space you want to have a place where you kind of go to and meditate ask yourself what your intentions are Let's, let's do a quick one. This intention. What do, you want to, what do you want to bring forth into your life? So close your eyes. Please tell me you're not driving. Don't drive and close your eyes. If you're on a train, if you're doing laundry, if you're listening to me doing anything else that doesn't require your eyesight, please close your eyes for like 10 seconds. Ask yourself what you want to bring into your life. It could be anything. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to say it out loud. Just picture it in your mind. For some, it may be love other financial abundance healing or spiritual growth use this theme in your head once you got it and we're gonna go with that theme to set up your sacred space so for example for love let's consider using placing rose quartz on your sacred space and let's pair it with clear quartz clear quartz is going to help you amplify the energies of rose quartz, like um, like a satellite dish. Let's put some pink or red roses on your altar space. Fresh ones are awesome. If you have dried, that's okay too. I prefer fresh. Add an image to that sacred space that you associate with love. It could be a heart, it could be a note from somebody, it could be a word. It could be a picture of people holding hands. It could be a picture of your partner. Whatever that works for you. And now you can anoint the little sacred space with essential oils such as rosemary or rose oil. And then let's add some pink or red or both candles. Voila. You just made a little sacred space to call forth the intention of love. Super easy, right? For abundance, herbs like rosemary. All right, before I continue, rosemary has a lot of functions, and there's so many intention, so much intention with rosemary. It's no wonder it grows massive. So if you can have a little rosemary plant or bush in your garden, it's gonna pay off in dividends because you're gonna be constantly using rosemary. It even helps your hair grow back apparently, which is amazing. So rosemary for abundance herbs like rosemary. Uh, pair it with crystals like aventurine and py- and pyrite, or some of you may know it as fool's gold emerald i know a lot of people have this idea that emeralds are really expensive but there is a uh, emerald that's a lower quality in spanish we call it Esmeraldina, and it's not it's not that gemmy emerald that you see on very upscale luxury jewelry right it's it's almost like a uh, muted or matted version of emerald Same energetic function, it's just not the high quality that is used in jewelry. And you can basically find emeralds in a lot of places, including in beads. So if you have a bead store nearby, walk in and say, hey, I'm looking for emerald, and I'm sure they'll direct you. Um, Green candles on your altar. Placing money on your altar. I had a friend who had written a check to herself with a, a very specific amount, and she put it on her fridge. She's not. Uh, she didn't. Uh, spirituality wasn't really her thing. But you can do the same idea and place it on your altar. For those on a spiritual journey, if that's your intention. You can use crystals like amethyst. Uh, pair it with rose, with uh, clear quartz, selenite, purple fluoride, or even labradorite herbs that you can use on your sacred space such as rosemary again rosemary (laughs) uh you can anoint it with lavender or use lavender oil white or purple candles to set and and maybe a phrase or an affirmation that you want to write down so many options don't limit yourself but the more if you have your word or what you want to manifest with the intention in your life Use this as a guide to set up the early stages of your sacred space. Now, there are where do you place the items? Do you place it on the left or do you right? It goes back to your spiritual beliefs and your exploration. For some people, inviting things down or positive energy is reflected by the north. Other people by the south. Giving energy might be west side for you or east side. Whatever that looks like. Follow your intuition. This is why practicing your intuition is so, so important. And place the items where they feel right to you. Again, there is no sacred space police. Nobody's going to come at you saying, oh, you did this wrong. This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. Do what feels right. For many, locations have a different feel, have special meaning. Just follow your intuition. Now, I wanted to add, so for many, adding elements such as earth air water and fire can help achieve a sense of equilibrium especially if you are more sensitive to energies i like i mentioned before i have flowers on my altar now flowers automatically for me represent earth because flowers and they and the water vessel that is in has the water element i have my candle which is fire And some folks like to add a feather that they find outside that they feel was placed for them on their altar to represent air. I, I don't have one now because it's not the vibe that I'm going for, also enjoy putting a live plant on my altar. For me, it represents life. Um, and it's something that you might consider putting a small, a very small life plant depending on your space, right? And this helps me connect. It helps me connect to grounding energies. It helps me connect with my ancestors. I have images on my ancestors, all that stuff. Again, do what works for you. There are more options for you. If you decide to go a more traditional route, or like I mentioned, seasons change, you can decide to change your altar tomorrow. I might change it next week. It might not be what my intention is. Whatever. Whatever that looks like for you. So many dedicate their altar space or at some point in the season, they dedicate their altar space for a very specific cause. So you may consider changing your altar space during solstices, solstices, Solstices? Salsicis? Solstices. Solstices. Listen, at this point, we're, me and you, we're friends. And my mistakes, I'm just not even going to edit them out. You get to enjoy the mistakes live as, as I, I, I make a fool of myself because English is not... Believe it or not, my first language. Solstices, solstice, solstice, solstice. Please send me a message and tell me how to say it correctly throughout the year. So, if you feel like you want to celebrate Yule or Imbok or Stara. You can look up these dates and you want to change your altar reflecting on the season or the welcoming of the solstice. You can. Dia de los muertos or day of the dead. If this is something that you want to acknowledge and if you want to give thanks and gratitude to those who came before you and you want to set up your, your altar to acknowledge those before you, guess what? You can. Close practices. I do want to make this very, very clear. Close practices such as Santeria, um, 21 Divisions, or Voodoo, a lot of them have very specific requirements when creating altars or dedications to their orishas or their saints. Please go to somebody who knows what they're doing. Or I have heard many, many people say, you shouldn't upset this saint, you shouldn't upset this orisha. I'm not practicing. I do not know. I love reading about it. I find it so interesting. It's not something that I... I I don't practice. I just simply don't practice. I do... I Again, it's part of my <clears throat> heritage. So I do enjoy learning about them. But again, it's not something that I go say, hey, go ahead and put... Um, Sunflowers for Oshun and she's gonna bless you. A lot of them have very specific requests, and it is believed that if you don't do it right, you may upset some orishas or some saints. So proceed with caution. So yeah, I cannot wait to see your sacred space. If you wanna send me a picture, I would love to see it. You can you can tag me on Instagram because I still go on there occasionally tag me on tiktok or you can even just send me a very private email michelle at remember love com, or you can even email me at spilling the tea leaves at gmail.com which is not an email that i commonly use but it's there and it's available and i want to see your stuff if you are open to sharing i am opening i'm open to seeing (laughs) i really really hope that you are doing amazing if you ever have an idea for an episode topic or something that you want to learn and you want to see have you know another set of eyes or some insight please feel free to send me a message to those emails and I would love to dedicate an episode to you I have fun with these I really miss I miss you I miss talking to you so thank you for being part of my podcast um I would love if you can subscribe I would love if you can give us a review and tell me how much you love this episode or this podcast. I am an independent podcast, so everything I do is out of my time and out of my pocket for you, so that would help me very, 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 very much to reach others. It is a free podcast. I have no sponsors. It's just me and you. And we're in this together and i love it that way um i am having some merch available i know merch right isn't that crazy you can visit um my website or the podcast website spillingthetealeaves.com website spilling the tea leaves dot com and we're gonna have some merch i don't know like a mug a shirt what do you like Should I do Patreon? I'm so tired. There's so many platforms. Anyways, if today's your birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I'm so excited that you're here on this earth, in this planet, with me at the same time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of this journey, of my own spiritual journey. And I'm so grateful that I'm a part of yours If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Michelle at rememberlovehealing.com. Visit our website, spillingthetealeaves.com or my website where I talk about crystals. I'm opening up a course soon. I would love a couple of guinea pigs. So if you're open to learning about crystals and being certified, which is kind of cool, please fill out the, add yourself to our mailing list at rememberlovehealing.com. Thank you so much, have a lovely day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye!